Hello, Zach. What up, Vince? How you been today? Doing pretty good. Uh, just it's been a good week. How was yours? Pretty good. When I just got done with Noodle Fest, kind of like, <laughs> what's it called? Uh, uh, or not surviving, like, uh, getting over it. Getting over it. <laughs> lots of. It, lots of work, huh? Setting mm -hmm. up for, for a pop up. Yeah, which is actually our topic for today is is pop ups and supper clubs. That is correct. Well, first, let us uh, introduce everybody to the show. Welcome to our podcast. This is Two Cooks Without a Kitchen. I'm Vince. This is Zach. And uh, welcome to another episode. And thanks for taking the time to listen. And uh, today's topic, uh, pop up. Pop-up restaurants, pop-up kitchens, supper clubs. Uh, what is a pop-up restaurant or what's a supper club? What's the difference? All right. So a pop-up restaurant, also called a supper club, are temporary restaurants. These restaurants are often operated from a private home, former factory, or similar space, and during festivals. Right on. And that's pretty much your textbook definition, I guess, yeah. of what a pop-up uh, pop is. Yeah. When you hear uh, people say, a pop-up this, or there's a pop-up going on. And there's also different variations of pop-ups from, from the music festivals or, or to uh, private, pr pr events. private events or shows. Yeah. And so it just depends. And you can go from, I guess, pop-up is another, I mean... Well, it's a good way <clears throat> to to set up a restaurant, but without having that $200,000 debt if it doesn't work out. Right. And because it requires a lot a lot less money mm -hmm. and it it doesn't it won't put anybody in a financial bind. I mean, if if it's unsuccessful. If it's unsuccessful. And also it allows uh people to meet you. People to meet you and expose your food and your ideas, and and I think the most important thing is it allows you to flex your culinary muscle and be able to cook different things and do what you want to do without having somebody tell you, hey, that's a great idea, but it's not good enough for here. Um, so, <laughs> that is girlfriend, that is, that is Zach's wonderful cat, and she's awesome. And she's just, uh, she just wants some, some attention. Um, yes, girlfriend, we're here. <laughs> so let's get moving on, you know, to what typically goes on during a pop-up and what, what, what kind of food goes into a pop-up? It, it can be almost anything. What's it called? I, I sell, I've sold tacos, I've sold sandwiches, I've sold noodles, I've sold dumplings. It, it can literally be anything. It's just, it has to be, you have to make it accessible for that, what you're going to have. Because sometimes you don't have power or sometimes you, <laughs> uh, what's it called? You don't have, you're, you're pretty much out in the wilderness trying to figure out how to cook this food. <laughs> people right on and so what you're saying is you have to be logistically you have to have to have the logistics ready mm -hmm. and be ready to be able to yeah be Johnny on the spot and be able to yeah you gotta work sometimes work on the fly like shit like 
Uh, well, there was supposed to be power, but today there's no power, so... You know, do we have... you got to figure out how to warm up your tortillas. Right on. And, and usually, that's why Zach usually travels around with uh, some uh, pecan wood or some type of charcoal yeah. so he can light or a fire. propane tanks. So he can uh, light up a fire and heat up his food. Yeah. Um, let's talk about... Like where did pop ups come from? What tell us the pop ups? Where they where they come from? Well, they originated in what early two thousand uh, in Britain and Australia. Right on. That's where they started. There, like like I said, there were ways vehicles for chefs to to show their food and people to try their food and people and also look for investors. Right. To help them start a restaurant. A restaurant. Um, and it just got picked up here, and we got food trucks and, and all that all that kind of stuff. So it turned into an even bigger enterprise. Right. I, I think, you know, a lot of, I've seen, think of, if you still don't know what a pop-up is, and you want to have a quicker idea of what a kind of a pop-up is, I guess think of your local fair, your county fair, and they have, there's somebody that just sells corn dogs, there's somebody that just sells hot links, somebody that sells turkey legs and funnel cakes. Uh, think of that, you know, as a pop-up. Yeah. Just individual chefs or individual cooks doing different things. Some chefs get really, really uh, feel like they can overachieve and bite off more than they can chew and some don't. Some can handle two or three items at a time and it's just you just also have to Look into how much, how many people you're going to have at this festival, or a show, or a private event, and be able to prep, prepare accordingly. Just like anything else. Um, now, um, pop-ups can also have, also uh, can range from the hey finger food, something like tacos, something like sandwiches, uh, to a sit-down five-course wine dinner, yeah. uh, or a beer dinner, which is which I've been fortunate to be a part of before. And it takes, that takes a little bit more planning just simply because there's a lot of little more, there's more components, you know, and there's less people, but you also have to, you also have to do more things. You have to have the logistics right because you are, you, you need to worry about the tables. You need to worry about plate, different plates, five different plates, different glass wines, what kind of wines you're going to serve, uh, the silverware, where you're going to wash, where you're going to clean, where you're going to sort everything out, and uh, where you're cooking. And, uh, you know, let's not forget ambiance. And so jumping into the amb- it, 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 jumping into the ambiance aspect of it and locations, you know, they take place uh, anywhere. Like Zach said, a little bit of a while ago that some go in private residences and some do um, I've done a couple of pop-ups in consignment stores and you know those were kind of easy but you have to be a little bit more aware of what you have because you don't have you don't have the fire the power you have to bring everything yourself so it makes it it's definitely a little bit more of a challenge because you are doing more mm-hmm. but it's always it's always fun because it, it tests your ingenuity and and i like to call it poor man's budget and you you're forced to think and be resourceful 
and in the long run that helps you out so they they can take place in in we've done a couple of them in a couple gardens and a couple of gazebos and that was fantastic and we even did one in and like, I guess a little tea shop when we were with the platform and mm-hmm. Zach and I, uh, we, we were fortunate to be part of that little group of friends and we were able to do that. And uh, we went on the road for a hand, for quite a few pop-up wine dinners and that was exciting. Yeah, the first one was always the specialist one. It is because you don't, you have an idea and you believe that it's going to be great. But then when you finally see all, all the pieces come together, and it, it's just something that's exciting and you, you look at it and you're like we're part of this and it's exciting so uh what else wh- what else could you tell us about about your pop-up experience zach? because this is something that zach does on a almost on a regular basis and, and he, i guess 50 percent of what he does is doing pop-ups and he in different locations and so, tell us a little bit about your experience of the pop of your pop up experience and how how you got into it and what made you uh, want to jump into it. What pushed you to into doing pop ups and? Well, I mean, it started with the platform because I enjoyed cooking. I cook for people, and then it it turned into like people knowing that I I could cook and asked if I ask if I could sell some food at a show. And it, it kind of just evolved after that. It's like I kept getting asked back and asked back. And so I kept trying new dip- different things. And I kind of settled on tacos because, I mean, everybody loves tacos. It's hard to not like a taco. Yeah. But I also, like I said, I just did Noodle Fest, right? And, right. And everyone likes my ramen. And Noodle Fest was big. Like, we had a line out the door most of the night. And... Uh, I think <laughs> it was, and it's now what? This will be its third year that we've done it. So, when uh, when we when we first took a crack at Noodle Fest, uh, it was uh, it was a little bit kind of didn't know what to expect. Yeah, you know, and it it was really right, like the first one. So the first year. Like, we were ambitious. I was really ambitious. I wanted to make hand-pulled noodles. So, uh, what's it called? We were, and we're going to do it to order. And we did not expect, like, it to be as busy as it was. So, in the process of it being really busy and trying to keep up with orders, we actually broke two pasta machines that night at the end of it. And we sold about, like, 150 noodles. So you know, it's a it's a festival, but you experience a, quite a bit of high volume. It's uh, there's still a quite a bit of amount of noodles to make, and uh, so. You know, doing doing a hundred a hundred and fifty port orders to crank out for a certain amount of people is is still a lot. Um, and 
he went he went ahead and did the second the second year and, and oh that was a rock tutor we sold 300 that year we pre-made everything uh really it was just top hit with hot broth and served so so what you're saying is you were prepared yeah super prepared super prepared and i think i think this year as well you did really really well you zach was equally prepared and you know and it went really well he had a good run he had a he had a good outcome and that that's fantastic you know so that, tell us about what goes into your in, into the planning of what you're going to make and how do you you know do you know where you're going to set up or or yeah most of the time i know where i'm going to set up i usually talk to the vendor beforehand and say where am i going to be located or is it an indoor show or is it an outdoor show uh What's it called? Then I, I I talk to them about who's playing, what kind of a music are we doing. Maybe they wanted some kind of special option to like go with the bands or 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 what it, what the events about. Like sometimes they're a taco events, like they're a noodle event, or they're maybe it's a sandwich event or or a lote event. It's it it just kind it of like varies varies, and then. But I have, with the tacos, I have two standards that I always have, which is my veggie taco and then a pulled pork taco. And then usually I add a third option, which can be anything. Sometimes I did an Asian-style taco once. I did tripa. I've done... Uh, I did a deer, <laughs> a deer taco, which was pretty good. Right on. And then what else? Oh, and then I have, like, uh, my... My Texas pastrami, which I do as barbacoa. Right. It's really good. I call it the Tex. Um, tell us, for those for those of you listeners that don't know what tripa is, tripa is a beef intestine. and uh, Or pork. Or pork, but for the most part, what you beef. get is beef. Yeah. At least here in South Texas, we get beef. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about, tell me about Texas Trash. Now, let me just say this about Texas Trash, everyone. The name isn't necessarily, uh, might not be appealing, but Texas Trash is it's, awesome. Yeah. Go ahead and tell us how you, how, what inspired that and how did you come about that? Well, that was, that was a kid thing. That was when during the week we would sometimes barbecue, cook beans and rice, and we'd have leftovers on the weekend. And so we wanted to use those leftovers. So Diana decided just to take all those leftovers of beans, rice, leftover meat, and saute it up a little bit, add some tortilla and egg, and boom, Texas trash. Maybe some cheese, if you had it. Right on. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's a great scramble. It's like a really badass scramble. Excellent. But I have used it in taquitos. Okay. Like, I just took a bunch, I had a, one time I had a bunch of leftover barbecue meat, and we didn't want it to go bad, and I was doing an event, so I made a specialty taquito, which was a Texas trash taquito, which was just basically all the barbecue meat that I had ground up and with a little cheese. Excellent. Right on. Um, tell us, uh, I don't know, what else can you tell us? I mean, what else? Could- it's, I mean, it is always about prep. Like... The le- the less you're prepped for the event, the more the harder it is to pull it off. So is that why you stick to 
the tacos because they're more accessible or yeah they are the tacos are much easier it's easier to prep the ingredients like really i have to just the biggest the hardest things is smoking the meat and like uh smoking the meat or stewing the meat if depending on what kind of taco i'm doing right on now uh worst worst experience you've had pop doing a pop-up go Worst experience I had doing it. I think the worst experience I've had is when there was not a lot of people, and I like I sold like two orders of something, which was noodles. I think that night. Right on. They so, asked me to do noodles, and I did a hundred portions of noodles and sold like four. Wow. So, like I, like we said in the like you said earlier, there it. Yes, that you took a you took a hit, mm-hmm. but you know it, you know. It, it hurt, but it didn't. It didn't break you, and yeah, I so that that's the beauty of uh, doing pop ups. Because you know, if you take a hit like that in a restaurant, and they're continuous, they're continuous. You could you could go under, and you know, if you have a bad night, hey, you pack it up, and you go back, lick your wounds, and you know, you live to you live to fight another day, cook mm-hmm. another day, so. That's important. Uh, I guess I let I like to give an opportunity, just uh, for anyone out there, uh, if you, any listeners, uh, follow us on Twitter at Cooks Without a Kitchen and our Instagram two cooks under uh, two underscore cooks and, and and we'll appear on there. Uh, like us, follow us. Um, if you guys. Listeners have any questions about anything, uh, food, or you have ideas of what what you'd like for us to talk about, share stories. Uh, we've got tons of stories and experiences that that we're eager to share, and you know we have a few uh, ideas for our following podcasts in the next in the next few weeks, and that we're totally excited about. And please feel free to share. Uh, if you have any questions, again, hit us up. And if not, just go. You, if you're listening to us on our, on the Anchor app, go ahead and leave a, a a message, a little voice message, and tell us how you're doing. And say hi. I enjoyed the podcast, or I didn't. It doesn't matter. Give us some feedback. Show us some love. You could also find us at at on iTunes or Apple Podcasts at Two Cooks Without a Kitchen. And hit the subscribe button, and every time we, we we upload a new show, you'll be the first to get it, and you'll be up you'll be up to speed with what Zach and I are up to. And uh, we want to thank y'all for 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 taking the time to listen to us, and we'll see y'all next week. And uh, stay hungry, be happy, and always always be ready to eat.